Yeah, like, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll click, what the fuck, dude? You down the ride? I swear that there's just, like, a fucking mafia that lives underneath me. Because it's just, like, not even just, like, subtle biker sounds. It's, like, they're screeching away from, like, a crime scene. Getaway vehicles? <laughs> it's, like, not light. Go, go, go! Yeah, like, they just have a fleet of getaway vehicles <laughs> at the bottom of my apartment. Um, which is kind of refreshing, it keeps you on your toes, you're like, oh, am I under attack, or is it just like, is it just the gang doing their thing? There was two, two separate occasions when I was living in LA that I rolled up to my apartment building after work in my Uber and had my block completely blocked off by like SWAT vehicles and helicopters because mm. one, there was an active shooter. Two, they had uh, the second time had just broken down like an underground uh, gambling ring. I lived in K Town, so it was like right on Vermont, and that was like the street behind Vermont. And Let's so talk about the just, details. It was like everything you could imagine. Wow, that's okay. I've actually been um, writing about this recently the hard normalization of things that you do while you're living in Los Angeles. So, things that you shouldn't normalize and behaviors that are wild to normalize that you just start to normalize. That I was like, the other day I was walking to my car, right? That's funny. It that was, was actually like, a funny concept. Okay. Right? Funny concept. So, here we go. So, I'm going to work it on you. So, I'm walking to my car. It's like a brisk 7 30 in the morning. You know, when the, the air seems fresh at 7 30 in the morning, right? The, the world's kind of at It's a new day. You can sense the new day energy. It's an early morning. You can smell it. The birds are chirping. Especially on like a Tuesday or like a Wednesday, there's like definitely right. like, there's, there's a an different energy. energy. Right, and it's nice to be in it. The sun hits different. You, you know exactly what I'm saying. And I have this new energy. I'm walking to my car. And then I just see homeboy start stumbling down the middle of the street with his dick out. Dick oh. out. And then wielding a bat. But not only just a bat, it had actual not, uh, nails sticking out of it. So that's a different vibe. Not just the bat, but he's not even ready to okay. just beat, ready to murder you. So that takes it from beating to murder in like one second. You know and what his I mean? dick's out, so... And his dick's out, and he has a 40 in his other hand. And he's just swaying down the street. And this is where the Honestly, fucked up Honestly, kind comes. of a vibe. Kind of a vibe. Kind of, I couldn't fucking agree more. If there wasn't spikes coming out of the bat, it would. that's where the aggression came from, in my opinion. He was swinging in all ways, shapes, and forms. But the thing that took me off guard is all I did was simply move to the other side of the road and kept going and didn't think twice of it. And then I got in my car and started it, and I was like, that's the fucked up part, Grace, right there. That you didn't even, I didn't even, wasn't even taken aback by this man's energy living in Los Angeles. It's just like, another day, another dollar. And it's like, that should startle you. Like, back if I lived in Boston and that happened to me, and that guy was walking down my street, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I'd You'd call my the friends. Cops. I'd be calling the cops, but here You'd in Los Angeles. you recording it like, on Snapchat. Yeah, not because I didn't want my friends to see his genitalia. Um, Homie was packing heat, though, too. Like, no joke. <laughs> but besides the fact, besides the fact, I was like, wow. And then this other girl the other day, I ran into her, and she was like, yeah, like, she just moved out here, and she was with her friend that's been out here for, like, only a year. Only a year, and that's the start of the That's part. all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all the normalization takes. This woman's face was bleeding, like, dredging blood down her face in downtown. And she was like, <gasps> like, freaking out, being like, do we call the cops? What do we do? And her friend was like, his friend, her friend was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, did you not see the lady with her face bleeding? And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, 
Yeah. That's that's like, that's uh that's Peggy Sue. She does that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's just like bloody face Becky that just rails downtown. <laughs> it's just like the fact that she was like, What do we do? Do we call the cops? And then he was just like, Oh, like I, I didn't really he was only here he's only been here for a year and like didn't even get startled so, from that behavior. This was like my LA is different than any other place I've been to. Uh, and mine actually took place in a strip club because when you're growing up, you know, you turn 18, all of a sudden it's like you kind of start to make it to the strip clubs. We've heard about Bangor, Maine with you. And so I remember like going to the strip club in San Francisco with my friends multiple times, but the crazy horse, um, it's one of the oldest strip clubs in the city and it's, it's a sad place. I wouldn't, I, I've never chalked it up to like, wow, I just, I feel good leaving here. Never felt good leaving there. Um, you can then, feel the energy in your Yeah, soul. yeah. It was just, it was sad, like no phones, like just kind of a dark, <laughs> weird vibe, but it's a strip club. And so you think that that's what the strip clubs are. Then you come to LA, dark strip energy. clubs are popping off everyone's got their phones out there are booty holes everywhere like nipples to the wind and i was like oh la is different the strippers want to be known here like they are encouraging me to pull out my phone i'm trying to be respectful and be like ma'am you may your father may not know and they're like no she's she's trying to get a porn gig she's like run the back put my face up there so that was me like that was how i knew la was la was different was the strip clubs Wow, it's, I, I am going to be honest. I've been to strip clubs at a lot of places, but I haven't been to any in Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I've been to several in LA. Um, actually, at one point... You're also on a vibe where that makes sense. Well, here's the thing. The weirdest one was... Uh, this may have actually been my last strip club encounter in LA. We'd gone to a strip club, and I was with one of my friends from back home. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden these like two girls come up to me and they're like, Soleil. And I'm like, when they're like, they knew me from the other club because I try to get to know the strippers. Uh, I'm that bitch. And so they were just working a different club and they came up, they came up to me and were like, girl, what are you doing here? Cause at this point I was in WeHo, but normally I was going out like on the other side of downtown, like that area of strip clubs. So, so you were like, you went enough to be known by the strippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, gonna be honest, this is something about Soleil that's, like, a magical... It's a blessing and a curse, but, like, this girl could literally make friends with the nearest tree stump outside of an establishment. Gladly. And that's no joke. She'd be like, did you see that tree stump out there? It was, oh, the years... It's gone through so much. It almost got cut down last month, and it said no. And it's like, how the fuck did you get that out of a fucking tree, dude? Like... It's absolutely wild. Like, I thought I interacted with strangers. I'm not even joking, Sully. I thought I, like, really liked talking to strangers until I met you. And I was like, I fucking hate strangers almost compared to you. Yeah. No, I, my roommate, she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, we're just trying to. She's not like that either. She's not. not, She was, like, not like that. Oh, my God. She was, like. I had this thing happen in the gym with a woman I met and all of a sudden like I had just switched from cardio to like going over and doing weights and I was like pumped and ready uh, and she just starts talking to me and will you also stop. get people to dump, dump onto you so she ends up dumping on me so intensely that I like couldn't even finish my workout I'd been in the gym for she two hours e. Coli. 
she like just she took all of my focus and energy and tells me like this crazy life story and I like come back upstairs and McKenna's like how was your workout and I was like uh honestly like I I didn't even really work out I'm kind of confused I feel like exhausted my heart is breaking for this woman come to find out later though all the shit she told me was lies so that's like a whole other can of worms yeah McKenna's like but why didn't you just tell this chick like hey I'm doing my workout and I was like kind of like with Deb where she's like the answer's really simple and to me I'm like I never even thought of that never oh yeah I was like, this, she yeah, needs it. I was like, this lady needs it, and I have the time right now to give it to her. But you actually, but so like, you actually didn't. You were working out. You actually didn't have the time. You're just like such a kind person. Let's flip that for a second. You're you make the time that's, for others. That's really you true. You were in the middle of an intense workout. You didn't have the time. Like if I called you, you would have been like busy working out. I wouldn't have even answered. But, I would have been exactly, like, I'll text you after the gym. Because you're fucking busy. You're busy. Dude. Like yeah. Like, oh, that's weird. Busy. I know. See, never even thought about that. You're the type of person. So this is something people find you like with that energy to start dumping on it, dumping on you. I'm the type of person where I and I feel like I'm in the situation with you for an evening. Like you're presented to hang out with me, so you can dump onto me. But it's not that like you're seeking me out to dump. If that makes any sense. So like last night, my essay, like my serving assistant, she had like a crazy life event that happened that like. Truthfully, I'm glad that I was her server because I don't think that she would have been able to like have somebody to help direct her mentally. I'm not going to share what happened, but it was really yeah, fucking true. crazy that I feel like I'm in those situations presented for people to dump onto me because I can handle it and be there for that person. But people, I feel like kind of just take you off of your day to like dump that on you. And some people like spiritually, like you are that person you're like a source that some people can just go to because like they can feel comfortable like i feel comfortable i could tell you anything like but i don't feel that way about a lot of people in this world like i would hope that people feel like they can tell me anything because i'm not like we're not judgmental people like because we've how can we be judgmental when we are who we are but (laughs) when i tell you like the stuff that people have just randomly told me and like these are still people like I know but could also be like in the terms of getting to know not people on the friendship level that you or I are at or that like McKenna and myself any of my girlfriends I've grown up with like you know the ones that know me to the end those are the ones I would like tell these things to and I've had people I've known for ran into one or two times or hung out a couple times and they were like all of a sudden dumping some crazy shit on me and I'm like it, it makes it kind of hard sometimes to maintain those friendships once you know those things about someone because you're like that came so far out of left field but at the same time like my personality and who I am like I still want to be there for you and like support you right. but sometimes I still need to be like why the fuck did they just tell me this <laughs> and also like what do I do with this because now this person has shared this with me it's not mine to share with other people but I need to like rid myself of it kind of thing so then that's like a whole other bizarre life but also like we should be we should be blessed in the sense that people want to come to us with those wild things but it's on us to handle the energy that's we're receiving absolutely and like I've been I've been a person like you before where I actually seek going to like so that person that dumped on you right at the gym, I'd go check in on that person consistently after. And it's like, girl, stop, 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 stop. You know what I mean? Where it's like, not you think you're doing the right thing, but that person was offhand to do all of that to you, if that makes sense. But I didn't have the mental capacity to know that. I was just there to try to help 
what what I've realized too is sometimes people become embarrassed about it like they word vomit it and then they have a weird wall with me or they pull away when in reality to me it's like this was just a conversation we had and I'm not looking at you differently if anything I feel like I see you clear now I understand more about you and I think that that also though is why I do have a hard time cutting people off because people do tend to share such vulnerable um, or important or just personal facts about their lives that then to me to have someone share that they they get kind of weird with it of like I shouldn't have done that with you and I'm like you shouldn't have but here we are <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good moral lesson for life no 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 you shouldn't have but here we are no 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 you shouldn't have on that note of you shouldn't have but here we are last night dude at work I had a section of people that were just rampant with the drugs, just rampant oh. LA lifestyle drug druggy section here. I had and one. This guy was at, at Chili's, right? You're you're at Chili's. <laughs> this, is at, this is at the high end Chili's that I work at. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, just a preface, guys. I I do actually not work at Chili's if we don't know that. But also, it's way funnier if we think that I do. Actually, while I deliver this story, actually in a high end place in downtown, imagine it being Chili's just for the fucking story of how funny it would be. Just for okay, the juxtaposition so a, of just for the juxtaposition. So what I'm about to say, Savage X Venti. Um, Rihanna's brand those models are sitting at the table next to me right so they're also her brand is crazy because all the models are like all different sizes flavors like it's super fucking dope right mm-hmm. so they're all sitting there um, at Chili's <laughs> just <laughs> waiting for their $5 meal and they're all sitting there and the guys that they're with are coked out dude they are fucking dancing on the table like fist pumping like they're next level they start bussing the tables around the restaurant the homeboys coming up to my tables introducing himself to the people at the table and bussing the tables and then what handing the vibe up. right trying to be helpful like trying to be helpful coked out shaking hands like disrupting it also it's covid he is like and it's like the restrictions in la you need a mask and you can't like go up. he's shaking everyone's hand maskless being like hey how are you nice to meet you all like i'm just gonna take all this out of your way you guys don't mind i'm just gonna i'm just gonna clear this and then goes up to another server and dumps all of it and they just stand there like what the fuck is happening it's not like the person's gonna walk to the dish pit <laughs> yeah because i actually went to be like is he going into the back like is he gonna go in the back and then i just saw that he just exchanged the plates with another server um so Which was, there's also nothing part. worse. There's nothing worse than being handed a fuck ton of plates on the middle of the floor. Right. When just when you just left. It is the a dish balancing like, act. Like, yes, do not fuck be, this up. There is a strategic no, way. Every server it. has a way of right. doing it. Right. And he was just and he would just have them all. You know how you stack appropriately too, so it's easy to carry? He had them all fucked up. And there's like knives, forks. Yeah, just like dangerous, honestly. Just dangerous with steak knives. And then, honestly, then it, then it, the energy is still kind of getting a little whack. This one woman, uh, a glass breaks right, right where the, the bar is um, and where the, the drinks are. And it shatters a glass. So it's dangerous and you shouldn't step over that area. This woman is the biggest Karen I've ever seen in my life. She's like a 350-pound white woman that is dissatisfied with her life, with her biker boyfriend. And they came in here to have something be perfect. And if it's not, they shall let you know. So their drinks just got put up onto where the drinks are, right? So, so they're cleaning glass. So people are just, that's the top priority, right? Not a dirty martini. Um, and she's screaming over everybody cleaning up. I see my drink. I need my drink. 
my drink is ready. Can I get my drink in a timely fashion? I see it right there. And there's just people scraping up glass and her server's not even over there. And I look at her and I go, I will bring it to you. I will bring it to you. I step over shards of glass to get this bitch or dirty martini. And then I, I kept like a face where I'm not like pleasant, but like, I just was like, whatever, like, just, just like, I'm just here to give you your fucking drink. And you were beat. You're screaming throughout a busy bar area. And then she goes, Oh, the attitude. Look at her face. The attitude. Get me a manager. And I go, I will gladly get you a manager. And like, my, like doesn't even fucking matter. I just want to do a spin and be like, I am the motherfucking manager. Like, <laughs> like if the manager's not on the floor, I touch tables. Like truthfully, I don't give a fuck. Like, and I was just like, okay, girl, gladly. My manager's like the same age as me on the floor anyway. So she was just like, Grace, like, can you go handle the situation? I was like, no, she needs somebody dressed nicely to like calm her tits down. Like that's about it. Those type of people. Um, yeah. She then she was screaming at the top of her lungs to the manager that I could hear her from across the restaurant. And this is a very big restaurant. Okay, so then the lady of the night gets, this is my favorite part. So then my table, I see a pill bottle at the table, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to think twice of it. I don't want to judge. Um, maybe he's just taken some Pepto. Maybe he's just taken, you know, some, some prescription heartburn medication. But he was also giving me hard druggy vibes when I hit the table. But I just like, let's not assume things. About so this was your table um, that was bussing all your other tables, right? No, no, different table, different table. This oh. is the wild part. These were three different tables. Okay, oh. so, <laughs> yes. Um, so then I see, I then I go over to the table, and because I see the motion of something being crushed up. Um, I can't see it, but I see the motion, and I'm putting two and two together. There's a pill bottle, and it looks like through the booth that you're crushing something up. I start printing their checkout ASAP just to cover my own my own ass, and then I get over to the table, and it's exactly what I think. There's dollar bills lined up, and he, homeboy is crushing pills at the table. Um, could it be more L.A.? And I just go, really? I was like, you guys just, like, can't be doing that. Like, and if anything, you, like, take you're that not, to the bathroom. Like, like come if you're on. Like, do something like that, can, like, just rule number one, take to the bathroom. The audacity these people had to just be crushing pills. The pills were already lined up in the dollar bill, ready to be snorted. And I was like, just, like, if anything, like, you should be doing that in the bathroom. I was like, you can't be doing that in an establishment like this at all. And then he looks up at me. This is a chilly, my- sir. Yeah, this is Chili's, dude. And then he was just like, this is my prescription. I go, it sure is a prescription. It's a prescription. And I'll I was like, that. you gotta put, you got to put that away. And then Homeboy took what I said and ran the fact that I said, you know, you could have the, at least the decency to do that in the bathroom. Homeboy is going through the busy restaurant with the, the, dollar, the, the $5 bill with the fucking pill crushed up, walking so slowly like he's holding fucking the key to life just walking slowly to the bathroom so oh. nothing spills out. Yeah, and then I go back after I drop the check, they pay, and I was like, okay, they're going over. Then I walk past the table again to, like, do that final clear, like, get the fuck up, and they're fucking crushing pills up again and, and doing it again. And I was like, guys, really? Really? We gotta go. And he's like, can I just finish my drink? And I'm like, no, no, you can't. You gotta go. Sorry, bud. And then it, yeah, and it just... It just not, and then it kind of just hit me to the point where, like, honestly, I felt kind of sad after that. It's like these people are really not, like, don't know how to, like, even remotely step into their purpose. And, like, it was just really sad that I, like, said a prayer for them, like, that. I was like, this is a Monday, dude. Like, I'm not even joking. I was like, this is a Monday, and you're fucking crushing. They were crushing literally, like, you said it was Klonopin. Yeah. Klonopin is like a hard, like, drug that you mentally take just to, like, knock yourself out. And I'm like, if you're snorting that, dude, like, I've wanted to pass the fuck out because I'm And you're trying to finish your drink? That's just, that's... 
you're hurting right. somewhere inside, unfortunately. Oh, hurting is an understatement. And like the pain that I felt from that and the girl, oh, this is the best part. Home girl at the table that's sorting Kalanapin at the table with this druggy guy that she shouldn't be with. She looks at me and goes, you guys hiring here? I was like, girl, 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 girl. She goes, I also don't really have much restaurant experience, but this place is so nice. I feel like you could make a bunch of money. And I go, you can make good money here, but I would get some restaurant experience. And I would like, and I was like, we got it. We can't be doing this too. We can't be doing Could this. Could you imagine, like, I <laughs> can't imagine crushing drugs in a place and then being like, you guys hiring? You guys hiring? I was like, girl, I, I, I genuinely- like, this am, place I'm is pretty lax. You guys, you guys hiring? I was like, girl, I, I, I had to ask you twice, not once. Once once shouldn't even happen. But the, I asked you twice to stop snorting Kalanapin. How table. old do you think they were? They were probably like 23. Mm. Okay. Both, like, attractive, like, cute people, too, but, like, they just seemed, like, lost in this world. But also, we're bringing a guest on today that truthfully let's just, like, shift tables. Why The complete opposite of someone that would uh, pull out something in a Chili's and try to snort it in a dollar bill. Right. Right. But she's also the type of person, she's around crazy chaotic energy like this in her workplace all the time, and she knows how to handle it. Like, she knows how to take chaos and flip a switch and make it, like... How can I relate to you first? And that's something dope about this person is like, she doesn't just like want to like fire you, kick you out. Kind of like in the situation where I, I could have done a lot of things to that table, but it's like, let's just, let's just view this person as a human being. And that's something that she's always done and something that I Instead of calling him out, you called she, him in. Guys, this isn't okay. Let's, let's try to do better. You got to go. You're not getting the lesson instead of like, right. we're calling the cops. Calling my manager. Right. Because it's like, I think people deserve chances, but also this, the person that I'm introducing, she, once a couple chances are presented, you're also not benefiting that person anymore. If you keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, like then sometimes you're enabling. You to, then you're enabling and that's, she knows where how to draw this line extremely well, but she's just a born leader and she's just a great human being 10 out of 10. Um, she stands up for women and she takes action for women. She doesn't sit back and complain about what she wants done. She's a doer. And that's why I really wanted to have her on today to, you know, teach me and Soleil like how to step up a little bit better, especially in the workforce. But at the same point in time, empower other women to do the same thing, even men like, and she's just a badass bitch. And I would love to get her on here. And I'm super excited to introduce uh, Kristen Johnson. Um, but also like, Everyone calls her KJ. KJ, also KJ all day, whatever you want to call her. Let's do it. Okay, everybody. So we have our third interviewee here, which means it's pretty special. And also three is my favorite number. It's my lucky number. So like, what more can we ask for? It's also was my basketball number for the longest time. What an ironic thing that we're bringing in a fantastic woman here that we can all learn from. I gave her a brief introduction before, but without further ado, Kristen Johnson, thank you so much for joining us, aka KJ. I like to call her KJ. I just think it sounds like more baller because, like, that's just like the baller that she is. But KJ, thank you for joining us. Like, welcome to you down to ride. Super excited to be here. Uh, and what's ironic too is my number was thirty-three in college. So there we go. Oh my god! Look at that. Sparks Whoa. are flying. Sparks are flying. Yeah. So just like a little introduction. Yeah, me and KJ. I met KJ at the University of Maine. Uh, We were both athletes at the time. Um, And I just, like, loved KJ's energy. Like, there was just, like, any time I ran into KJ, it was just, like, I fucking loved running into her. And that's, like, not really how I felt with everybody that I ran into at, at, like, school. 
um, and like the maturity level, I guess like I always felt like so much older than all the people that I was like running into all the time in college. And it was like kind of frustrating me, but KJ, she just carries herself like a badass bitch. Like, and she just like takes on opportunity and she isn't scared of a challenge. And like, you don't see that all the time with people. And this girl, like, if you want to talk about doing the most in college, she's doing the most, like she's taking on like any like opportunity thrown her way. And like, just like, it's, everything on her plate I that's how you like to live though I think you like to live with just like overcoming circumstance but at the same point in time like how much can I take on because like I'm capable to fulfill everything that I can take on well let's let's get into a little bit about KJ who you are so I see that you know we send out all of our guests that we're interviewing a little questionnaire and I see that um you're from San Diego sure I am born and raised PB uh San Diego California a true local to say the least. Uh, and I grew up there with my two sisters. I was a middle child. So uh, we grew up on the beach. We grew up playing a lot of sports. And both my parents were transplants to San Diego. So all our family was elsewhere in, in the state. So my dad's family's in Ohio and my mom's family's in New Mexico. So we kind of just created our own bond as a family to do as many adventures really as we could growing up, which flash forward to now is why I've been able to be kind of where I'm at in life, as well as just not having, having parent, well, having parents that are super supportive of that adventure in life. And we all do our own things. And we just send pictures to each other of like, hey, oh, awesome. You're climbing a mountain. Oh, here my parents are in like Napa Valley. Here my little sister is in uh, like, having a concert on the beach so all of us kind of do our own things and just kind of reflect on what type of adventure we're doing in the moment so it's been it's been i've been very grateful for for the family i have i love that just going to uh you main side of things uh grace and i threw down definitely our senior year in college sometimes together and uh it was i ended up at you main because of my basketball as well as she as she said uh, I played basketball there, and that's why I made it out there. So, yeah. Okay. Right. Me and you, me and you would never have been at UMaine if it wasn't for sports, though. Like neither of us. Absolutely. Like, it was such a random college. Like it's such a random college. Like as you were saying, like oh, I almost went to the, the University of Hawaii, and then it was like my other recruiting trip was UMaine, and like I remember UMaine was my last recruiting trip as well, where I was like, I'm not fucking going to UMaine. Like I'm not gonna run track at UMaine. Like, and then the energy of university and, like, the atmosphere of, like, the team sports, I don't know, like, it really encompassed me. And I was, like, I was on my recruiting trip, and I want to hear about what your experiences was. Like, I just was, like, I'm going here. Like, I I literally am going to go here, and I don't know why. This seems so random. Like, why do I want to go to the University of Maine and, like, be an athlete here? But that's the energy that I felt, and I'm grateful for it. Um, super grateful for it again we probably we would definitely wouldn't be the people that we are without going to that school but yeah like just such a random a random place to be an athlete but then not once you're there uh random is is a really good word to (laughs) describe university of maine (laughs) and exactly that when i when i was offered to go on the official trip there i was like oh yeah free trip out of school like i mean i was at no point, at no point did I say I was going to go there to attend the university. And so Facts. when I went on my trip, though, I, I 
Grace, you probably know Sheraton Jones, but she was also from Anaheim, California. Yeah. So she was my kind of recruiting buddy, so I kind of shadowed her. And it was just like an experience of no other for my three days that I was there. And we just had bonding time with the team. And I just, everything about my trip was just like, I got off the flight and I was like, that's the school I'm going to, which is really strange and I did not expect it. And I had really a week to commit to them just before they moved on to the next post player uh, to have her come visit. And I'm like, I don't want to give my spot up. That's a great university. I was looking at schools in the East Coast, and with the University of Hawaii, that was going to be my next trip that I was going on. They were just really sketch on their recruitment with me. Uh, I just felt like I did. I, they weren't full, full transparent with me, and University of Maine had the offer right, right there, ready for me to sign. And it was before my even senior year of co uh, high school, right. so I was like, "All right, I can know where I'm going to college without even have to." stress about it my senior year of high school so I signed signed the dotted line to say the least wow right it's that energy that that school like creates like I literally felt the same way I was like driving back like I I, I didn't need to take a flight but it was like a f four and a half like hour drive back home and I was just like the whole way just being like am I really gonna go here like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and like I but like yeah like I felt also just like this new wave of like opportunity for myself and like that's that that youthful feeling though too because like you're like i'm about to be an adult and take on all these priorities and like as an athlete i'm about to challenge myself at the d1 level and like you know like basketball when you're in high school and like for you like in aau yeah you, you're challenged but it's like once you get to that d1 level you're really challenged and you're really pushed to like step out of your comfort zone i've never lost as much than when being a D1 athlete in college. Like, losing was, like, not really part of my repertoire in track until I got to, like, the D1 level of when I'm going to come in second a lot of the time or I'm going to come in third a lot of the time. What was that, of like, mentally pushing yourself as an athlete at the D1 level, coming from being a superstar in high school to, like, being around a bunch of superstars? Uh, great question. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life, like at that time as an 18 year old, yes, going so to 3000 miles away from home and being a star athlete in high school to barely like seeing maybe the last minute on a basketball court. It, we, we were called, so we, we created right. a crew on the bench and we were the hype squad. That was our official name, uh, patented to our, to our bench. And right. so we were called the twenty. We were called the twenty twenty players. So if we were up twenty, we played. If we were down twenty, we played. So right. So but right. yeah, the bench riding that bench out. <laughs> but I think what it taught me at that age was you create your like you establish how you perform. So like you weren't going to hear it from your coaches. You were going to hear that you were the worst player on the court. You were going to hear all these different negative things about your playing style and like trying to get your confidence down. But like, I think at that age I had to set my own, like, am I doing a good job? Am I able to be a good teammate? Am I able to provide positivity to the team? And at that time too, there was really nobody on that team that did that. And I came in as a freshman and provided that to the atmosphere of the team. So like before my like not saying it was just me that did this, but I, I feel like I took pride in my position as a positive teammate to help lift everyone when they were down and they were like upset about whatever practice went happened and so that went on around two years and then by my junior year it was probably the hardest year of 
my basketball career because there was a lot of things that happened uh, with our coaches and with our uh, transfers that came in the program. And so after that season, we had six, I think it was seven transfer out of the program because of how bad it was. And so wow. by that time, I was the only I was the only person left in my class. I came in with four people, and I was the only person left. So by my senior year, I was the only senior on my team. So and that was the year we went to the American East Championship and won it and went to the NCAA. So just like the resiliency I learned at that age to define, you know, my purpose was not just basketball anymore. It was more of I was a good teammate, I was a good captain, and then I did all my extracurriculars with my school side of things, which has helped me to be the person and leader I am today and why I am in the position I am in my career. So something I wanted to bring up was I was always used to excelling in the classroom kind of thing. And so throughout high school, you're used to being the best. You When you go through groups of schools or classes where you're with a lot of the same kids, everyone does kind of you end up kind of figuring out where everyone is so then to go into a college setting and to not have that identity necessarily anymore and not getting a chip on your shoulder and being able to still be a part of the team and to still be like a crucial member if not one of the most important because you can't have a team if there's no unity so if everyone's viewing things as a competition if they're on the court I'm on the bench yada 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 you can see how people wouldn't necessarily be willing to stick with it if they're dedicating all this time to it but clearly you were and you were able to reap some serious rewards and benefits from it while growing as an individual that's that's pretty incredible exactly but at the same point in time it's like with being an athlete like it comes into highs and lows of when you have to step into your power and i think that stepping into your power and stepping into your purpose is a big reason of why i wanted to have kj on here is because she knows how to step into her power and step into her purpose, even though it might not be presented in the way that we think it's going to be, right? So yeah, like obviously exactly. your expectation going to college and playing basketball is I'm going to be the best. Like for me, I was like, I'm going to PR and run faster than I ever have. I actually didn't PR until my end of my soccer. So like that's be- being so patient to like see that growth and like, but knowing that your power is still there and what can you do in the meantime while you're, growing that power are you gonna sit on it but like yeah so you're sitting there and you're hyping your entire team up that you're still a valid asset to your team even though that you're stepping in at a certain time that it might not be exactly what you want but that's something about KJ she like definitely was like the face of the basketball team in the sense because she did so much she's just a positive human being of just like bringing everybody up all the time and like hyping people up and, and she doesn't like she views every single person that she comes to as an individual human being and like, that's what we need to do more as human beings. I'm viewing you as a person, or I'm not viewing you as a person that I relieve off the bench. I'm not viewing you as a person that, you know, gets really shitty grades and isn't coming to class. Like, what can I do to help you? And what can I do to make you see your own potential and your own power? Um, you and build like, everyone we, up, and then that yeah. coincidentally raises your platform as well. Like, and that's not through... It doesn't seem as if that's in a self-gratifying um, way. It doesn't seem as if it's for your gain over anyone else's. I think it's genuinely just who you are as a person is yeah. you grow when everyone else around you grows, which is Grace was like, we have to get KJ on. She's a natural born leader. You're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it. And it's it's showing through just these couple stories you've already shared. 
Yeah. So KJ, can you tell us, because like, again, like you build people up around you despite the circumstance and despite your position. Can you tell me what it is like for you to start building that creative atmosphere so you can thrive the most? Like you build everybody up around you, no matter how difficult that is. So you ultimately can also thrive, thrive while everybody else coexistingly thrives at the same time. That's not a natural thing for a lot of people. So can you, can you explain that process? Yeah. So I think, uh, you, you had mentioned it, Grace, uh, earlier, just about my approach to just people in general is, is I'm going to treat you as, you know, a human being. I'm going to look at you in your eyes. I'm going to call you by your name. I'm going to try to memorize your name, too. Um, and it's just that extra step of learning someone's name or remembering one fact about someone that the next time you see them, you can say, oh, hey, how is your so-and-so? How is your mom? Or how is your... Uh, kid. Yes. And so one thing that I try to, and, and I, going back, like just a quick shout out to my dad. My dad does this very, very well. And he remembers the little things that you're like, how do you, how do you remember that? And so I, I found that I feel like I got that skill from him for sure. But just being able to connect that to someone and, you know, seeing the, what they can provide to life and what they can provide to whatever circumstance I'm around them with, whether it is, um, hey, we're going to have a potluck, I heard you make a mean macaroni cheese, like, because it's from your grandma's recipe, or a simple, like, team project, like, hey, this person really, really good, brings good data research, and they're going to, letting them know, hey, you kick ass at being able to bring data, so let's implement that, and let's have that come, bring to light, and so you find the best in people by doing that. Then when you need them the most, they're able to step it up for you. So like that allows me to shine. And I always remember the moment with my first team. So when I was a college hire uh, for the position I'm in, I'm not in the position now, but I was a manager overseeing 60 to 70 associates in a department. So that was my job. Uh, I launched the department, which uh, helped me kind of create the culture I wanted to create by just saying, all right, hey guys, this is my team. This is how we're going to operate. And there was one day that I, I, I got yelled at for something and it was, and it was, I tried really hard at whatever it was. And I just remember like crying in the box market, like trying not to show anybody <laughs> that I was like weak. And I remember one of my workers saw me and pretty much he rallied every single person on my team to like, end the shift really, really well. And I just was like, it made me cry even more because of just how, how like special that moment was that, hey, KJ, you always have my, our backs. Like, and the minute that you, we see that you were like, you know, upset or that they got my back. And so by implementing those relationships early on, when you do have an opportunity or when you do feel weak or when you do feel like, hey, I'm not good at this, they pick you up like beyond the people around you. And that's like one thing that I realized early in my career, this was like, wow, like you treat people the way they need to be treated and they'll get you and they'll help you get to whatever goals you set. Facts. I love that. And it's also like when you treat other people how you would like to be treated, you can also do this thing where you can differentiate people that are just like a good egg and a bad egg, right? Because like you give people countless like times to pick themselves back up. Like you give them countless times to prove themselves. So when they are actually not stepping into their purpose and it's very evident, you also aren't there to like 
confront that person and like have them level up to be that better person. Um, and I think that sometimes when we give people countless, you know, countless times to redeem themselves and they don't fulfill themselves, you can't just keep giving them that golden egg because they don't deserve it anymore and actually taking the next step that might be a little bit more quote unquote like harsh or you got to fire somebody. That's something that you have to do in your position. So what's that like to kind of have that pressure of people's like legit livelihood and income? So I live off when it comes to that, I live off uh, J. Cole lyrics and it is fool me once shame shame on on you you. fool Fool me me twice can't put the blame blame on you you. fool me three times fool me three times fuck Fuck the peace signs signs. the choppers let it rain on you (laughs) (laughs) straight up okay yeah i love that so uh because once you realize everyone has their own uh incentives and their own motivation um once you give them that really second chance there can't be a third there cannot be a third so at that that by that third time you are going to have to part with the business or you're going to part with my relationship and I will no longer be a part of that because I gave you two chances. Two chances, plenty. Plenty. Yeah, no, that's... And and I think, like, just to bring it back to you as a leader, I think it just, it speaks to actions speak louder than words kind of thing. And it seems like through your actions and through your words and your leadership, you're able to show people, like, you're not going to take the bullshit. You're still a friend. You're still their boss, but they got to deliver on. Can we also, KJ, can you preface people like how many people that you look after at your job and like what you're doing at your job right now? Like, can you just preface that? So people kind of have like a better understanding of like the, the amount of people that you have to oversee at what you're doing and where you work. Yeah. Um, I don't know quite know if I'm allowed to say where I work, but I mean, it, it might come up, but I oversee uh, as an operations manager. I currently have eight salaried managers that report to me and each salaried manager has 30 to 50 associates. So a total of 350 to 400 employees that if they're, they have wow. any escalation, that escalation comes to me. Your girl, KJ. imagine that pressure on your back like I am gonna be honest but like there's nothing about that that you can't handle like I'm gonna be honest that would like give me a lot of anxiety like it would just give me a lot of anxiety to have that many people's livelihoods just like on my back but like that's something that's like that type of energy you thrive off of honestly like does that pressure get to you at all I because it is so normalized in my industry and like, you know, you're seeing you're, you have a peer that has the same type of um, workload and, it, it, um, you know, direct report side of things like it's normal in my field. But like when you step out of my field and you look at what you're doing and I always have my managers do this when they're overwhelmed with something is just like be a fly on the wall of your own like of your own day-to-day operations and see, like, are you performing well? Are you able to handle it? And I think through time, I've been able to handle the pressure. And just, I think what has helped me is just being organized and understanding what, you know, what takes priority and not being able to lose myself in that. I think it's it's been challenging to stay who I am in this type of industry, but it's been critical on my own happiness and just, it, if I find myself faltering, then I have to definitely step back and like look at is this something I could be proud of? And um, so far, so good. So that's good. Right. Yeah, that that's a relief because you have so many people on your back. Okay, but also like 
we don't need to like obviously say where you work, but where where you work, it's like a big, it's a big corporation, and it's like very very male driven. And to be a female, like kind of stepping up and stepping into your role there, it's like kind of just like a man's game, and like it's just like a very like <laughs> male driven industry where you work. And to be in the position that you're in and have risen to the position that you're in, what is it like to be a female in that environment and to like? assert your dominance as you have? I think there are so many things that come with that statement just in regards to being in a male-dominated field is because females and any running really is capable of doing a job like this, but it's that support group Fact. and it's what's going on behind the scenes that are not addressed all the time. So when I first got in this position, uh, like sexual harassment was a thing and one thing I had to do was not to say clear house, but had to make some some promotions to customer uh, go on because that that was not tolerated. That was not going to be tolerated. And you know, I think those are the things that come up and are not probably experienced by my male peers. And so when things do come up, I have made it a point to address it head on and either make that person, whoever is saying the comments, uncomfortable themselves, uh, definitely provide some feedback, <laughs> or what I'll do is I'll share it with my peers or upper management on, hey, this is what's going on um, as a female in this workplace, and you know whether you liked it or not, it's happening. And so I, what I've been super grateful for is that my building has been able to support me and all my and all and all the things that have happened um and so much that they put me as the president of women of our women affinity group and so that has allowed me to oh wow create a group of, of support with all the women leaders in our building and you know what we do is once a month we have a spotlight leader of the month we talk about different development techniques we talk about hey if you feel like this is an awkward conversation, like this is what the protocols you need to do to address that. And so just having a lot of platforms out there to feel that as if you are feeling some type of way as a woman leader, you can have a lot of sources to help you get through that and address it. And like we're not trying to hide what's going on. We just, we just bring to the table what we need to. And I think it also has made me realize how important it is for leadership teams when you look at the higher management to be diversified across the board, females, uh, different cultures, and because everyone has different in input and different interpretations of whatever message they're trying to deliver, that, that, that they can be in unison uh, versus, you know, one type of white male saying, hey, this is how it's going to go and this is how we're going to do it. And so I think that's one big reason why I'm an advocate for for all things diversity in a, in a workplace. Right. There's one thing that I really, that stuck out to me that you said that I think is key is I, in our climate that we live in right now, like it's really important for women to step up and speak out. But at the same point in time, I do think that there's become this culture of women speaking out, but not taking action. And that might just be me, but I see a lot of women speaking out saying that it's not fair and they don't like the way that it is, but aren't doing anything about it. And that's something that kind of bothers me as a woman that it's like, if you feel uncomfortable in the workplace or you feel uncomfortable with something that was said, speak up, like take action. And like, that's another reason why it's like, I like 
I wanted to have you on for this conversation because it's like you're taking action. So you didn't like how you're how things were being said. You didn't like what was ha- like in in a situation. So you did something about it. You know what I mean? To the point where you're a president of a group where you can help other women and guide other women. Like that's the type of that's the type of behavior I want to see other women doing because it's like yo, you don't like the circumstance that you're in and you said something key here, every woman can thrive. You know, like every woman can thrive in a certain workforce. Like we can. And like, there was this one thing that I was like, uh, uh, there was like this whole articles that were being published that no, there wasn't enough women on Wall Street, right? And there wasn't enough women in positions on Wall Street and they, there was no, there was no like investors, buyers and all this stuff, right? And then it came down to how many women actually applied for positions on Wall Street in that year and it was eight. And it was eight women applied for the position. So it's not, because women put ourselves in this box that we already can't do it. It's male driven. Like there's so many men on Wall Street, but there's no women that have the positions on Wall Street, but only eight applied. And this is the mindset we give ourselves as women that I'm so sick of hearing and so sick of seeing because it's like, why do only eight of us apply? And guess what? Two of them got hired. And like that's a pretty high ratio, like, to be honest, that it's just like, it's not the fact that we don't want to hire you. It's the fact that you're not putting yourself in that position that's male dominated. Uh, you can thrive. Will it be harder? Yes, it will be harder. But we can do it. We can do it. We have to do it for other women. And you see that, like, you know, like you don't see that just being like, I'm not going to do it because I might be sexually harassed. Yeah, sure. For sure. You might actually, you're going to be sexually harassed, but are you going to do something about it? And yeah, that's just something that it's like, it's just been hard. It's hard for me as a woman on that note. Something I wanted to bring up as well was KJ, you were talking in your um, sheet, you emailed back to us about being qualified for the role that you went in to apply for, I believe it was, and how... Um, the qualifications for certain jobs sometimes seem as if there's no chance that you can get them, especially when you are coming out of college or you're our age or the experiences that you've had don't necessarily match the verbiage in these job postings or these job listings. And you had said something of like, I just went for it anyways. And that was something that happened with me coming to San Diego was I had been told about a job. I was relocating for this job. I wasn't qualified for the job. But when I was able to meet with the team, to meet with who would be my boss, to meet with who would be under me because it was a management role as well, it was like, okay, this is going to work. They're willing to work with me. I have life skills that have provided me with these qualifications. So let's let them take a chance on me and prove to them that age isn't a restriction if you're willing to put your head down and work. And I think that that was something really important that I wanted our listeners to hear is it's really easy to feel as if you're being told no, but what's the worst that can happen if you still go for it? Right. You get it? Like you get your name out there. What is the worst that can happen? They experience. You, yeah. Like yeah. you said something about team sports being a huge factor in how you were able to do this role and do it well and then to keep elevating yourself. So how would team sports cancel out something like a college degree in the sense of how you got to where you are? Yeah, so one thing, well, going back to the qualification side of things, there is also a stat that is out there. Uh, So let's say there's five things that you need in order to apply for a job. A male will apply for it if he has one out of the five applications or qualifications, and a woman will only apply if she has five out of the five qualification 
Wow, what a statistic. That is so, like, that so makes sense. That's no. fucked. <laughs> that's, that's so women. That is so women, dude. If that doesn't just come down to you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, like, I, I don't know what else does. Like, we're holding ourselves back based on words, but clearly, like, only only we're following those rules you know this is the shit though this is why i want to say it like and have kj on because it's like dude we're women that just throw ourselves in these boxes that are non-existent dude like dude they don't exist and we're putting them up as women ourselves and it's like really blows my mind sometimes and kj like she doesn't see those boxes though like truthfully and that's why i always have fucked with kj as a woman um yeah so keep going off of that point please uh there's uh well, there's there's also a book that I would recommend for really any female to read, um, and it's Nice Girls Still Don't Sit Get at the Corner Office. Nice Girls Still Don't Sit in the Corner Office. And that kind of talks about pretty much things females do to put themselves not in the corner, in the head, head honcho spot. So, good book. Right. But uh, going back to your question or just your comment about teenage skills so i think everyone's no experience is bad experience if you're able to capitalize on what you've learned from that type of challenge or what type of that Mm -hmm. adversity you hit or success really so in my what defined me throughout my college uh was basketball but i also was able to utilize those skills to kind of how do i create a team atmosphere on a team and so when I started out in my career, like, that's what I was good at. Like, how do we be a team player? So that was one of the first things, seeing a supply chain operation, how it goes, is we're really all one team because we can't produce this if that department does not produce that. So, like, as fast as they're going is as fast as you're going and is as fast as the downstream is going. So there really is no blame game. And one thing you'll always see is like people just blaming each other for everything. And like, well, night shifted this, day shifted that, that department did that versus looking internally of, hey, no, we're all working for the same goal. We're all working under the same building. We're all working under the same company. How do we all work together to get it done? So that's one thing I make pretty I have a few um, non-negotiables with my team. And, and that's what I started when I first just first became in this position and um that's one thing i was like hey we're all teammates we're all here to do like i'm your team captain in a sense that's how i would refer myself to help you guide there but you know when you have issues and when you have problems you're going to escalate it to me but we're all going to be working together and i'm going to provide you the skills to get that done because we're all going to have our own different roles to get it done and we're going to all like celebrate that success when we do achieve it so Flipping over kind of what I've learned throughout my basketball times and um, just through sports itself, it's just about how to be a good teammate and how to efficiently communicate, which is still an opportunity for almost any industry that you can work in. Um, just how do I make sure I'm trying to do my best part as a as a manager? Mm-hmm. I like that. So KJ, you as a as a female and a strong female like you have been around a lot of females like in your life like not even just as an athlete but growing up like you have two sisters and your mom your mom herself is like been in, in a college athlete and like you send me videos all the time of your mom your mom is just like gets out there like her mom is just like rock solid in shape like still like playing volleyball on the beach like 
your mom's a go-getter. Like she let leads by example like that. And, and I'm inspired by just like seeing videos of your mom like that, because I mean, that's not an environment that I grew up in like that at all, that I felt like I kind of had to step into my own female role model and like step into like finding those outsource, those female role models in my life. So like, what's it like to like be around that type of energy of like strong females all the time of like how that has like led you to be who you are today? Yeah. So my mom is definition of a trailblazer. <laughs> and she, yeah. Uh, yeah, she grew up in Fairbanks, Alaska, like going up with her, um, Holy. we didn't hear about these stories till later in life, but like she would go up with her 14 year old friends. They got their pilot's license before their driver's license. They'd go up to the mountains and like what? shoot things off the mountains. I'm like, mom, you won't even let me go to the movies past 10 PM. But <laughs> <laughs> she's like hiring a bush plane to like take her when she's 15, yeah. like into the yeah, tundra. So, um, just, <laughs> but like, Having that, like, so she, when she went to college, she worked her way through college and she had an opportunity to uh, pretty much be a flight attendant for American Airlines, which she um, got out of her friend group. Like, all of them applied and she was the only one that got it. And so that took her, pretty much set off her career. And that's how she ended up in San Diego was there was like a pilot saying, hey, can you watch my place for like a month or two? I'm going to be on a long trip. And she, she went to San Diego and she saw that there was bike lanes. And when she saw that there was bike lanes, she was like, I'm moving here because she was a really big biker. She would just bike lanes bike, because of the bike lanes in San Diego is why my mom moved to San Diego. I love that. Crazy. There are some dope bike lanes. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, there's, I ride my bike here everywhere. I live in San Diego. I don't know if you knew about that, but I live in San Diego. I'm in outer OB oh, Point nice. Loma. And I'm riding my bike all over Mission Bay. And yes, yeah. the bike trails are phenomenal. <laughs> Which is cool. Every time I've been able to run into you, I've been with like Soleil. I've been there like for stuff for the podcast or like, like we're just kicking it. And that's when it's been like, I like really ironic that the fact that I'm, a, I happen to be in San Diego, you're there too. And that's been like two times, which has been such a blessing. Like I love every time I get to run into you. I feel like, inspired by a conversation with you and like I love seeing the growth that like you're creating and like also like I'm going to shout out to like my Christian fam like Catholic fam here that I love like our spiritual connection and like spiritual things that we can share with one another um which has been really like present in my life recently like this like wild like spiritual energy and um, like people that I need to reconnect with and I found it almost so ironic that I like I in this period of time like two weeks ago I was saying that I wanted to have you on now and I was like fuck like I asked you kind of last minute and the fact that you were like oh I'll be there I'm like yes like amen like of course you will be like and these people that I like honestly have been like a consistent faith source in my life like that I know I can connect with has just showed up for me recently in like a way that has been extremely necessary and like conversations that I feel like I've needed to have um just like something can can you touch touch base on this like how has how has faith and having faith in something like that might be bigger than yourself played a key component of who you are um in the workforce as an athlete as a woman like i know that that's a big part of who you are and same with me but it's sometimes like a weird place to share it because some people can't really understand what you're talking about um but it's something I, I see you on that and I feel you on that spiritually. So like, how has that been something that has like helped you be who you are? I think, well, faith is a huge part of my life and it just guides me to, am I doing the right thing? Am I 
part of, like, is my journey where I need to be, and so I'm going to share a story that happened in the Christmas time, and when you share the story to someone who's not faith-based, they can come up with their own conclusions on, you know, how this happened or why this happened, but, like, sometimes you just can't explain it, right? So most of those moments in, in a... I can't explain it. are just unexplainable moments. Um, and so we have a program called Secret Santa, which is where our building will provide an entire Christmas, like pre um, presents, food, uh, clothes, and whatever is on someone's Christmas list to them. And they write a letter to the building. So I was going, I was eating I was in the like break room at a weird time like I usually I like I have pretty much a set schedule and I wasn't like I shouldn't have been in that break room pretty much and I had this woman uh come into the break room and we just started talking and she mentioned that her daughter was going through like her daughter was going through a really tough time and she had a lot of hospital bills to put, pay and just like she wasn't sure how she was going to pay for Christmas. And I was like, wow, um, did you write a letter to Secret Saint or the, the, the program like for this? And she's like, no, I didn't think about this. I said, okay, well, when you write the letter, make sure you write the letter. When you write the letter, don't drop it in the box. Hand it to me. And so couple, like a few days later, she handed it to me. Um, and then at the at the end of the day, I go to my desk and there is a bracelet of all these like saints and like like on my computer. Like could not explain how it got there. We have millions of products, you know, come through and things that get lost. But that product was like, okay, this was for me. Like well, I don't know why it was there, but it was there for me. So later that week, my boss was like, oh, last minute, do you, does anybody have any letters that they have? And in my best was the letter of her Christmas list. And so I was able to give it to my boss. And a week later, I was able to provide her entire family with Christmas. And just like, she was in tears, I was in tears. And just like, when I was walking all this stuff to her car with her, she was just like, you know, God, I just pretty much was like God had a purpose for you in that room and why we talked that day and like how we interacted that day for a reason. And I was like, absolutely. I just got absolutely. <laughs> so just like, <laughs> so that moments like that just make me realize, you know, God has a bigger purpose for us as, as human beings and how, how, how do we, how do we see the messages that, that is sent to us and how do we acknowledge what's, out there in the people and the relationships of our lives it's interesting because although i don't define myself as christian or catholic or anything like that i definitely do believe in spirit and i'm a very spiritual person and when you are in your body and when you are open to signs and when you are present with yourself, you'll start to see the same things pop up or you'll start to get these senses or these urges where sometimes, you know, you can drive past the same intersection, and, but you'll see the same person and whatever it is. And for some reason, sometimes something strikes you differently and that's the moment you choose to engage. And that's what ends up being a really beautiful moment. It's when you notice those breaks in the patterns and when you are able to 
there's just something that comes over you and you can even walk past it and it's something in the back of your head going no you need to go back you you have an opportunity right here and I think when you are in your body and when you are confident in who you are and your message and your purpose on this earth whether it's super evident or whether it's just little cues and clues here and there I think that you are able to do really good in the world and just by picking up on that whether it's faith or spirituality or whatever it is just reading those energies and being able to provide for people sometimes is just something really really special and what it it can make or break a day for you like that can turn a whole thing around yeah and accent especially on that note i just think it's being aware of like your spiritual like presence that you have though as a as a being like truthfully we are capable of so much and we don't give ourselves that credit so like when you're sitting in that break room right kj and you hear this woman's story a lot of people would go oh that's so sad and like feel sad and like leave the room but your spiritual presence as the person that you are and that i know was oh have you thought of this you should write that letter give your letter to me. So therefore you took your spiritual blessings and you elevated it. So I think a lot of people don't actually take action on their spiritual gifts a lot of times and kind of just sit in them and go, oh, that's a sad experience. So what you did was you did you did three steps of action, therefore, right? And like then you took action on your spiritual presence and then therefore action started happening because God blesses you when you take action in your spiritual force. And like, you did all that and like those are the things where it's like that's when I and that's when you feel so fulfilled because you took action and you stepped into your purpose you know what I mean you stepped into your purpose KJ and that's the cool thing like you didn't sit in your purpose you, you took action in your purpose and you do that a lot and like you know like God willing your like capabilities because you're not alone in your capabilities and like Sometimes I, I was just going through this where I feel so alone and I was using the term I, 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 I so much and like kind of shitty things started happening to me because I did this for myself and I did that for myself and I, and I was like, I'm down on myself, but like I wasn't giving any of my, anything to the fact that I'm not alone in this journey and like, you know, God's got my back and, and I need to step into my, step into the force that I am like and sometimes I'm just like sitting there not stepping into my force and my presence, which is huge. Like I, I have a huge gift. I have a huge presence. And so do you. And like for us to all know that huge gift that we have and that we all can make an impact. We can all make a difference. Step into that being, step into that force. And like you do a great job at that. And like that's something that I like really do admire about you. You, you have you step into your being. You step into that force. And I think that that's hard for some of us sometimes to do. Um and you do that really well, KJ. Thank you. Thank you. And and it does take a lot of mindful practice. I think mindful mm-hmm. is the word that kind of wraps up exactly what we're talking about here. Um, just mindfulness, um, being aware of, you know, everything about whatever situation you're in. Um, and it it's, doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, it is very rewarding. It is. And like, it's an extra layer of reward because it's like, I don't know, that, that gratification of just like that spiritual gratification. It doesn't even feel like, it doesn't feel like, oh, I just scored 25 points in a basketball game type of gratification. Cause that almost feels like surface level compared to it. No, it it's like a soul. It's like your soul levels up. Right. It's, it's literally like, I just accomplished this and like now what's next. And I did that just off my own soul literally right like I did this in 
I changed someone's life for the better. I made this conscientious choice. I said no to this. I said yes to this. I was in control and this was what but came that, out of but it. But bringing it back to the I, spiritually, it's not just you. And like you were guided by your own soul and your own presence, but God, like in my, like in me and KJ's perspective. You trusted. You, right. So you, you had trusted faith and the, faith is the key yes. word. So like, as I was saying, I was getting really caught up by saying like, I did all this. I did all this. Like, look at this new apartment. The, look at this new car I got. How could all these bad things be happening to me? I was not acknowledging that I'm the person that I am and the presence that I create isn't just from me. It's like those things when you were saying Soleil, um, oh, when you walk past a homeless person or something and you feel that need to go say something to them, that's not that's not just you. Like, that's the spiritual energy of, like, the spirit around oh, you. You know no, what I that, mean? No, that's what I meant. Like, it's, exactly. it's like a force. It's like another voice inside of you. It's right. not you just having a conscience all of a sudden. No. It's something saying you need to go back. You right. need to go check but on But that's not person. just you, and that's the point that I'm no, trying to make. No, 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 no. Not, it's not just us, yeah. and, like, that's the thing that's hard. That's the thing that I'm trying to t- make the point of right now. It's so hard to not just think that you're the only being out here and, like, the energy around you and, like, the energy around you is so real and sometimes it's hard for me to like not consume it because like I'm a very receptive to people around me and like I know when somebody's good or bad within two seconds of talking to them from like the faith within me and it's like really hard I was talking to my friend at work and like she's spiritual so I feel like I can like share these things that come across as weird to some other people but like I will just have this presence come over me just being like no you can't speak to them darkness over that side of that person or and I don't know why just yet until I start speaking to the person or I I feel empathy for somebody like this guy sat down at my table last night which I I serve tables so like I I meet a lot of people and have to take on a lot of people's energy which is really hard heavy sometimes to have to consume that all the time of the the source of the type of person I am this guy sits down he has really heavy energy and he looks at me and I go oh he's struggling with alcoholism and I could just tell from him staring at me and I was like, oh, this man's struggling with alcoholism. Or I'll see somebody else and I'll be like, they're struggling. They're going through a divorce right now. They're having relations. And I just can't explain why I feel these things, but it's a spiritual thing. And then the guy orders, he goes, I, I need a double Tito's and tonic. And I was like, nobody needs a double Tito's and tonic. And it just validated, like, obviously, like, the energy that I was feeling about that. So, therefore, how can I step into my spiritual being in this sense where all I'm trying to do is give this guy as much empathy and kindness as I can and pray for him as he's, as he's going through it. But that's being spiritually aware. And I think that and a lot of times I think that we sometimes can kind of pick up on things or maybe we're not in the, in the same sense because we're not spiritually practicing things. But... I don't know. I just wanted to emphasize on this podcast that it's like there is spiritual energy, whatever you believe in or not. Like if it's not a prayer that you want to say for somebody, just give them good energy and give them good energy and send them some blessings because we're going through our day so consistently and not spreading some of that energy to somebody, even if we see them suffering. And like, that's the thing that kind of takes me off guard in the world that we live in right now, where it's like, we can literally see somebody absolutely suffering in front of our eyes and we don't think twice about it. You know what I mean? Or we can see somebody so challenged in the break room like that and we don't know how to go about it. And like sometimes it's all you have to do is spiritually send them something good. I think also it's about sometimes you're not in the right space mentally to provide that energy. So it's important to protect your own first because you can't provide Mm -hmm. someone else the energy to help them to help them or hey like if your own energy is not in check and and not more in check but like more in a sense of if you are feeling like not inspired not empowered just like not in a good headspace 
then that awareness of what's going on is not going to be there of, hey, that person next to me is struggling. I can provide someone, you know, the the help that they need. And so I think it's just really important. And, and I've had my moments uh, in my last three years of my career where I was just, and I think it was the sun being from San Diego and not seeing it for so much. Uh, and I remember seeing the sun and yeah. it being a, wow, I have that vitamin D there and I need to go outside and run. And I just all, all of a sudden I found myself on the top of one of our bridges and I'm like, dang, how'd I get here? And then I had to find myself myself back. But I think that was a big moment for me realizing, wow, I need to be outside more and I need to embrace nature and I need to have that outside nature element. Center yourself. To, yeah, to ground myself. And I, there's one practice that, uh, I read in a magazine uh, just about taking your shoes off and grounding yourself literally in grass or sand. I yeah. um one of the girls I went to high school with, I cheered with her and stuff. She's a chiropractor now. She just had a daughter. Um, but all this, so she goes on lives a lot from her Instagram and talks about like ways to help your body, just little small things. And she did this one, and it was like if you're ever at the beach, take your damn shoes off. Take your shoes oh, off and put your fast. feet in the sand. Put your feet in the grass. Feel like the dirt. Like that is a, like we're not meant to wear shoes kind of thing. Like you need to we're actually feel things and like put your hands down, feel the water, like put yourself into these things and ground yourself in nature because it kind of is the only present and constant that we have. And it's, it's a huge that. like grounding technique. Yeah, that's, that's a this, big one. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, straight up. There is this one weird thing because I loved be, being on the East Coast because there's seasons, right? And I'm really used to the seasons and being out here. I, I don't feel like I have them. And there would this, be this thing of like cold, the grass when it's cold and dewy because the weather is just so volatile on the East Coast. Like you'll wake up and there's just dew everywhere. And like it's just I would love taking my feet on the cold dew of the, the grass and the dirt and just be barefoot and like walk around out in my backyard that like was so green. I had all these things and I love just like feeling the different seasons in between my toes. I know that sounds kind of weird, but like I had a yard growing up and I like was a kid that spent a lot of time alone and I loved just being straight up barefoot feeling the earth on my feet and feeling like seeing all the trees around me that change like all the time all the trees would change all the time and just feeling that presence of the seasons changing and me feeling so grounded in that that's something that being out here um as you were saying you know you kind of miss the sun i miss i miss those i miss the seasons it's like a part of me that well, i LA's like all Ugh. concrete like there's Dude, no mountains so there's no trees it's urban forestry planning like Dude, those trees so are fucked up. put there on purpose <laughs> i know dude and that's like such a wild thing i'm like seeing all these like pristine like like you don't see this shit anywhere else than here the, the trees that are all lined up perfectly like the east coast it's like there's just trees everywhere that have been there since fucking like christopher columbus like it's just like i miss that like you know, natural being in the seasons and feeling more one with things. And like, I know I'm out here for a purpose, but it does like, it does fuck with me, dude. Like it, it like, I'm like, what the fuck is this place? Like, well, especially not- like where you are at in LA, you're in K town. You're not even like Santa Monica where you can fake like being close to the beach and like, you're no. no la was hard for me in that sense too i grew up hard. in half moon bay kj which is oh, nice. between I, san yeah. francisco and santa cruz nice. kind of similar to san diego so it makes sense like this is totally my vibe and i love it here it's big girl little city um but when i was in la and living in 
the middle of K-Town, you have no sense of direction almost. There's no mountains. Like you're following the sun's path of east to west and you're just hoping that you get to see like just some bit of nature besides a squirrel, you know, or a raccoon or whatever it may be. There is a lot of things like though there, when there's a will, there's a way though. Like truthfully, like I can be up in the, into the mountain ranges in like two seconds, like truthfully. Well, that's the other thing about California is you can go beach to snow to desert to mountains. And I can be in Malibu or I can be in like, you know, the Orange County area, like I can be with, be at a beautiful beach within 30 minutes and I can be in the mountains within 10 and I can go find a hiking trail within another 10. And like, I felt trapped when I first got here because I didn't have a car and stuff. But once I got a car, I was like, there's so much nature around me. And I find myself just like always surrounded by nature. Cause like, I want to find that being, I want to find that presence you can. Um, I'm not like, I feel like we're, I'm not a victim to the circumstance of Los Angeles. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a little bit harder no, but, to find the things that but like, I make think, me like, feel grounded, you, though. If you don't realize that you need those things in your life, it's easy to forget about them until all of a sudden you're like, holy fuck, I haven't seen a real animal or, you know, a natural tree. Yeah. And I think going, a natural tree, like going back to our time at UMaine when we talk about like it was just good energy, like that's one thing that was for granted like it was beautiful like we were 45 minutes from Acadia National Park uh the seasons like as as some of those as how cold those winters got like it was they were really really pretty snowfall sometimes and just being able to see see the maximum of seasons to say uh was just looking back you're just like wow Maine was a beautiful it is continues to be a beautiful beautiful state it is. I'm so I'm so excited. I took like two weeks off for the beginning of next month to go back to the East Coast. Like my sister's having another baby and like my brother graduated college and my sister just got her law degree and like I just haven't seen family in so long and like I feel kind of selfish because it's like I want to go back and celebrate all of those beautiful things but I really miss the East Coast and I really just miss like I just miss the trees and I miss the old buildings and I just miss like the coast and I just like miss the people and like how people talk like I want to hear a thick Boston accent and I want somebody to like say lobster and I want somebody to be super fucking blunt to my face and I like I just really like miss that east coast energy I haven't been to Maine in it since I left you Maine and like I just want to like be around those type of people like that slow themselves down you can relate to this people in Maine just like they're never in a rush they like <laughs> talk slow they like they just aren't like superficial by any means. Like they can't even call like a beach house a beach house. They call it a camp. They can't even call a lake house a lake house. They call it a camp because it's too superficial to even call it a lake house. Like people are just so like in their own element and just it's such an energy that's so refreshing. Even coming from Boston and now especially living in Los Angeles, it's like I really miss that at that energy of people. Yeah, our uh, <laughs> going back to basketball at UMaine, our fan base was all the retirees of uh of the area and so they were obsessed with us and they love us and it was so it was such a special connection between our program and our fans that they were it was just like everyone around us was was just so warm and just so loving and we would hug them before our games and we would hug them after our games and uh it was and most of them were, and they uh, just most of them just loved watching us play and loved who we were as people. And it was 
like having that as our fan base was 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 special as well. If there's one thing I can preface though, the girls' basketball team at my school was the best, like in my opinion, the best fucking team there was at our school. Like they won more than anybody. They had like most championships. They like just did the best. Like if there was anybody like pulling up and showing out for a team sporting event, I mean obviously everyone loved hockey, but you guys just notoriously won more than even the hockey team. That was like the biggest team at our school. Like the girls' basketball team was like literally the best team at my school and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like I always like they genuinely were. Like they just won the most. They just worked the hardest. You guys were like cohesively such a good team together too. Like I just fucked with the girls and the girls basketball team so hard. Like you guys were just like that team atmosphere. You guys were just like so positive. Like exactly like you guys are just like a great brand like in that sense. And like not only was like the brand paying off of like how you guys built each other up and like we're so supportive and you guys all got along so well too but it wasn't even just that like you guys won like you guys won dude like you guys were fucking good you guys were like such a good team at our school that like i just want to preface that they were fucking good like they were a really 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 good team and they they all like pulled up and showed out like in every way shape and form and like that's a beautiful thing to get to experience in a college level of like a team like that wins like that and like you guys could take losses together too like just a dope team. Like, I really fucked with the girls' basketball team. So I wanted to ask, like, one more question of KJ before we start to sign off. And, uh, well, two more. One, we need a bad dating story. But um, uh, it was... Big. Which is fucking hilarious, dude. I was reading that, and I'm actually almost pissed my pants. I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> we got to share that one. But, no, I... Um, <laughs> there are certain people that come into your life that influence you and whose words you take throughout the rest of your life. And I think that you had someone that was really inspirational for you that really helped you shape you helped give you a drive, gave you a new mindset. Um, and it was, it was a teacher. Yeah. So, uh, shout out professor Sean McKenna. He, uh, kind of got me super, uh, well, just got me on my path towards, business leadership and how does leadership go beyond more than just a team atmosphere and how is it effective in, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies and here I am, you know, five, six years, uh, how long ago was freshman year? Seven years later uh, from that class and Fuck, dude, are you kidding Isn't that crazy thinking that we were starting college that long ago? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Yeah, dude. When you were saying no, Grace. When when you were saying you hadn't been back to Maine, I was thinking like it's almost been four years since we graduated. Fuck, dude. Yeah, so you haven't been to Maine in like at least three. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. We're getting old. We're getting old. Yeah, I didn't do that count. I was like four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So that long ago, but just. His material he he taught was just about being passionate about people and his motto was gulp life and he was teaching us while he was going through chemotherapy and showed up every day to class and did it taught us for free so he taught us because he loved teaching and so just having that giving back energy um he he passed by my senior year, so I felt like I never really appreciated, like never gave him a good thank you. 
And so a lesson I learned from that, mm -hmm. which I still still do to this day, is just making sure the people that have helped me or the people that made an impact on my, my life, I um, ensure to thank them and uh, thank them to what they've been able to do for my life. So, yes. I think I actually want to go ahead and put that as our weekly challenge for this week um, yeah. because there's a lot of people that one. you got me thinking about um, – that have impacted me, whether in an educational sense, in a life sense, whether it's a friend's parent that's taken you under their wing or whatever it may be. So you guys, that's going to be the weekly challenge. We're just going to cut it in here really quick. Um, think back on your life and think about where you are now. And if there's one, two, three, you know, however many people that you really want to go back and say thank you to, do it let them know send a text message shoot off an email connect with them on facebook write a letter if they've passed on at this point and just just put that out there that you appreciate and you understand that they gave you something that you've then carried with for the rest of your life what that's giving you a building block for success whether you realized it at the time or not well, with that being said, yo, thank you guys both for being in my life and, like, impacting me. Even, like, even like I don't even feel like I get to see you so late that much, but obviously we do this podcast yeah. and we get to be close and, like, we've grown so close with, like, this connection and, like, undeniably appreciate you for that. But even, like, I was saying this earlier that I was, like, every time I run into KJ, I feel like I haven't not seen you for, like, a year. You know what I mean? That it's just like one of those people that it's just like, what's up, dude? Like, how are you? And yeah. Like, you know, we have I mean? like You're a great yearly little date that will go get some coffee or get go get beers with a view. And so it's a good time when I see you. KJ, can you just like come move to Cali? Like, I want you in California so bad selfishly. Like, I just like want to be able to kick it with you more. And like, I'm, I remember just being so, I remember like coming up, cause I remember saying to you, I was like, I know I'm gonna, I literally remember being like at a fucking bingy bar in a basement, fucking the roost. And I remember saying to you, I'm gonna live in California. I literally remember just being like, yeah, no, I'm like, I know I'm gonna live in California. So like, what I just like know some of these things that I was like, yeah, I know I'm gonna live in California. And I was saying that to you. And I mean, you didn't know where you were going to go. And you're like, yeah, like sweet. But like, then you just like, obviously bounce to like, we just bounce to opposite spectrums of like, the United States. But like, it's I don't know, I just was like, fuck, KJ, just like, come, there's plenty of places. There's plenty of there's plenty of places you can work out here in California with what you're doing. <laughs> I'll eventually I, I definitely believe I'll eventually make it back out there just because my family's out there and but um the time hasn't come up yet it really ha like I've had a lot of opportunity and I've had a lot of recruiters come like we just launched a building out in San Diego uh and I thought that was that was gonna be my first two years I'm like I'm just waiting for the San Diego launch to happen and then the launch came and I'm like I'm I'm not ready yet I'm not ready um but when the time's ready, the time's ready, so. No, I feel that. You need space, like, away from, like, your roots to, like, grow, and, like, that's just facts. Like, I, I'm not ready. Like, if, if I got, like, you, you know, I could really make it on the East Coast right now, I would be like, I'm all set. Like, I'm actually all set. Like, I don't, I don't want to be there right now. And, like, that's just, like, not what's being presented to me. Like, you know, sometimes when you're too close to family, 
whether you want to want to say it or not, like you get caught up because like you're a caring person and you want to go help out with this and you want to go do this. And it's not that I don't want to be. Well, you just want to be involved and around. And so sometimes, especially for me, too, it's it's easier to not be by your family because when you are with them, you want to be there. You you love being with them. And so it actually becomes more of a distraction, I feel like, because it's like I want to spend time with you guys and see what's going on with everyone. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I have my own shit I'm trying to do. I love you guys, but... Yeah, one one would say that these years of your life, like in your mid-20s, are kind of like the selfish years, in my opinion, where that's kind of how I viewed it, like, quote-unquote selfish, because I'm not trying to be selfish, but I do think that if I want to make it the way that I want to, I, I kind of have to put myself in a position that's a little bit selfish from my friends and family from home, but also it's like, I'm going to still prioritize the time to take, like to see you guys, but... I got to prioritize the things that will make me be the person that I want to be. And like, I feel you hundred percent on that KJ just being like, I'm not going to just pull up actually right now in San Diego. Like truthfully, I like, I gotta like, I gotta do the things that are, I feel like as my fulfillment and as my, as my purpose. But uh, yeah, so let's get into like a little bit. This is like a, this is like a pretty nicely, like fluently, like, me and Soleil are like really always like very comedic and like, but like this was like a very nice spin to just like our more serious side, like because we're just like diverse women like that. Like not only can we just be fucking hilarious, but here we are just being mad intellectual and hot too. So like that's just like you know a double-edged sword that we provide here. Um, and KJ, like literally, thank you so much for joining us. But like we're gonna wrap this show down, or like you know get on a little bit more of like a a little bit less serious of a note. Um, me and Soleil in our mid-20s. It's it's a wild ride in our mid-20s, let's be real, especially being a woman. Um, but we always kind of throw in what's going on in our dating lives. Um, and, like, especially when we have a guest, we think it's funny to, like, throw in what's a funny what's a funny dating experience or a first date or a date that you've had that, you know, is just comical in your life. Like what's something that you can hit us with, hit us with a bad dating story. A shitty date or like a, just a date experience. Just a, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Yeah, So so this dating experience tops. (laughs) Like I have a lot of good dating experiences, but this one just takes, takes the gold. From Tokyo. Um, so I first moved to Cleveland and I get on Bumble because Bumble, I can choose my height. And I don't, he didn't say it was a podcast, but I am 6'2. So um, She's got I legs. Um, am She's got legs, pretty tall. And, and so, yeah. and it's nothing against anybody in their height. It's just like I prefer dating someone who's taller than me. Like, I have a whole, I've had bar arguments about this. I'm not getting into it, but anyway. So <laughs> it's what you're, it's, my filter, it's, yeah. my filter is six, two or higher. And so, um, this guy, I I, it, we match and it's like around Halloween time. I remember. And, um, we met up. So the Ohio, if you ever are out here or there's like, they love these two taco spots and like, they're not, and, and that, like, nothing is compared to San Diego Mexican food, yeah. but, like, they're, like, hip taco spots. Like, they're cool. They're, they're okay. They're okay, yeah. but they're just trendy. They're okay. So we would go, we, we have our first date at one of them, and, um, like, co- conversations, pretty solid. We're talking, like, similar interests. He was an engineer. Like, he was cute. He was actually taller than me. Um, and there was one part of the conversation where he had said he graduated from like the college in our area at a certain year and a certain degree that was the same as my coworker. And 
like, oh my gosh, like, you must know him. And he's like, all of a sudden, his whole energy was just like, got weird. Like, it got very strange. And I was like, he was saying that he was roommates with his friend and they always threw these parties and they never cleaned up. I'm like, okay, well, I can see why, like, you'd be upset about that. Like, okay, we moved on. Uh, I don't know what happened. Like, I think we ended up just parting ways. I don't think we kissed or anything, but um, I was like, I would hang out with him again. So that week, I go talk to my coworker, and I'm like, hey, I went to uh, on a date with this guy. And he immediately was just like, what? You went on a date with this guy? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, oh, my gosh. Um, so when we were in college, this guy got high on coke, Bit, bit my coworker's ear off, like entire like corner like, of it. Who was it, like, Mike Tyson? On a, on a chunk level, as in <laughs> had to go to immediate surgery, and his family had to pay for plastic surgery. His family, the guy I'm on a date with, family had to pay for my coworker's plastic surgery for his ear, and there was a piece missing, and they could never find the piece. So that means. You add two and two together, that means that guy ate, ate a piece of ear, ate the ear. And what's even messed up about this story is that, like, would I have gone on a second date with him after knowing this story? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of us. She's a rider. She's so down to ride. She's, like, not even phased. She's like, honestly, what a strong guy. He takes I would have done it again. <laughs> yeah. What a He's intimate. He's intimate and wow. really, like, really steps up when risks Not a red flag. Knows not how a red to use flag. his mouth and his <laughs> yeah. teeth. Not a red flag. Not a red flag. That's such a good bit. Yeah, so like, that will be our next red flag bit. He, like, got really coked out and, like, bit my best friend's ear off. But, like, do you think that's a red flag? And it's just, like, no. no. she was probably just talking too close to him. Like, yeah, like, he was just hungry. Like, it's not his fault. He probably just, like, not didn't eat dinner. And, like, he probably had really nice ears. And, like, I wouldn't say that that's, like, a red flag. That is so funny. That is so fucking funny. That is that is definitely the wildest dating story we've yet to hear. So I think that that's going to be a hard one that's to top. A, yeah, KJ, I think you just took the cake. And I'm realizing we never asked KJ uh, a simple question. Yeah. I know, but we like honestly just already feel that we have the answer. You know what I, I mean? Know, like, that's I the know, hard thing. I but know. it's like still worth asking. You know what I mean? Because it's like we have to ask you. Like we can't. Do you want to like, do it? I mean, it's it's. I think we can both do it. You know, like. But, like, at the same point in time, KJ, it's, like, a, a really heavy question on the table. But, like, are you, are you down to... down to ride? Ride? Are you down to ride? I'm a rider till I die. Oh, my Woo-hoo! God. I love getting the responses, though, back. You I know what it. I mean? Like, but also, like, you wouldn't even remotely be asked to be on this podcast if we don't know that you're down to ride. Like, Could you, know you imagine I mean? if we, like, if we had no. someone on and we were like, are you a rider? And they're like... And um, we're like, actually, you know what? You're not. We just brought you on here to. Uh, this is embarrassing for not, everyone. Not down to ride. I don't fuck with this podcast. I don't fuck with you guys. Um, I'm just an asshole, essentially. <laughs> Which we all know that person. We all know that person that's just like genuinely not down to ride. Um, but my closing note is like, yeah, on that note of like the name of this podcast, like down to ride, it's been so evident to me. People that are just not down to ride around my surroundings. And I actually am not going to lie from like, the work that I've been doing in my life, I have no problem just like, just pushing, just moving myself into like center stage and just like kind of having these people around me kind of just like, like 
were magnets and like some magnets mesh and other ones don't, I have no problem at this point accepting what the ones that I feel like just don't stick to me. And if you don't, peace, peace. Like, please don't waste my time. Like, I'm not that Sign old. But, like, I still don't even have time. If you're if yeah. you're not meshing with me, like, please, please, please. Not, not like you're, I respect your own journey, have at it, but it's not going to be in my force field. Like, it's just not going to be, you're disrupting my, my vision. And like, I don't know, we don't have that much, we don't have as much time as we think that we do. And I really don't want to spend it with people that are like, not a magnet to me. Um, no, so but I want KJ to come to San Diego now. I want to crash the next coffee date. I'm inviting Absolutely. myself. Absolutely. Um, I guess you can. <laughs> I know, KJ, when you get to be back out onto the, the West Coast, do you know? Um, I'm trying to plan all. a trip end of October, so I shall let you know. End of October. Maybe oh, we can get a Halloween reunion. All yeah. right. Well, KJ, thank you for spending some time with us today. Um, we're really grateful. We're hoping that our listeners are listening. Um, oh, you <laughs> really so do? I hope that they, I hope that while you're listening to this podcast, you actually are just like listening. You know, that's a really key factor. I've been for sick for the last week. We got to cut that's these. Up. Okay, that's true. You're a little bit off. You did a great job, honestly, despite feeling sick. Thank you really you. don't seem thank it. You. Thank you. You don't really, yeah, you don't really, yeah, you did a great job hiding it. Um, I have, I can't hide it when I'm sick or like not feeling well. We all know that you do a lot better job she than can't. I do. I'm incapable. But KJ, <laughs> genuinely, thank you so much for coming on here today and showing just and talking about what it means to be a leader and to lead by example and to not always know the answers but trust yourself trust your higher power and trust j cole because he has not led us astray so far so with that being said if we have anyone that wants to see the six foot two beauty in person slash on the screen if you feel comfortable sharing your instagram you may you don't have to uh yeah no problem yeah. i have to pull it up because they actually don't know it oh by heart I'm not uh, <laughs> the best influencer there. Uh, uh, Kirsten, K-I-R-S-T-E-N-L as my middle name. So I got to restart because now people are... Okay, Kirsten, K-I-R-S-T-E-N-L-J-33. Okay. There we'll, she we'll is. Plug I'm... We'll plug it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely tag you. I'm at FBG Soleil. Grace is at Gracie.Makyota. We are at You Down to Ride. You guys, we had um, a pretty great episode we launched on Monday. So if you haven't listened to season three, episode 28, we talk about being canceled, not being canceled. We talk dating. If you want a little update onto Grace's celibacy, she's doing well. Um, the cobwebs well, are say. forming, so so yeah. some would say success. But yeah. you guys, tune in with us, fuck with us, give us a follow, give us a shout out, share us around with a couple of people. Uh, KJ, we end every episode in our best announcer voice with a peace. So um, that was terrible on my part. But you guys, thanks for it. riding with us. <laughs> yeah, and no, we'll see up. you next week. Peace. Peace. I missed it. Peace. There we go. <laughs>